This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. It's an incredible story of how two people dedicated um, coming from New York and coming to a place that at that time really there was so little going on. And they started by making an afternoon school, morphed into a regular school, Yeshiva Gdola. Every step of the way, they were there. Mrs. Lenesman, Alea Shalom. When, if, if there wasn't food in Yeshiva, she cooked. If the cleaning crew didn't show up, she cleaned. Incredible. Uh, incredible what Mrs. Nefesh and always stood behind the scenes. Uh, it, it's a really uh, uh, a model for what people who are dedicated, quiet, with a pachlis can accomplish. It's, it's, it's amazing to be together with somebody and uh, I, I, I see where, where the family, Harbatz's Torah and Zika Rabin comes into the picture. So, Bez Hashem, you should go Michael Lechoyel and I'm just afraid, look at the weather, a summer home him with me living all year round here. This, that's like the, the what, what you call winter, we call summer. So it's, uh, um, I wanted to talk about something which I think we get mixed messages a little bit in, in terms of what's right and what's wrong. And I, I would like to discuss it. So I want to start with the Chinuch. The Chinuch is a Sefer that gives us time mitzvahs. It gives us the understanding of reasons behind the mitzvah. No one can identify the reason, but reasons. In this week's parasha, we speak about Yovel. Yovel is once in 50 years when people need to, all the land that has been sold goes back to the owners, the previous owners, um, all the slaves get free, and they go back home. And what you do is you blow the shofar on Yovel, on your kippah, and that signifies the release of everything. So the Chinuch ponders the question of why blowing a shofar? Shafer is usually a sign of either tefillah or tshuva. Rosh Hashanah, Anatainis, those are days when a person needs to be contrite, when a person needs to daven. So shofar is a type of tefillah and a type of expression of being brokenhearted. It, it's it's ma'or a person to doing tshuva. I mean, Yovel, every, every time is a time for tefillah and tshuva. Yovel is not in particular, there's nothing in particular about Yovel that would make us think of it as a type of time for tshuva or tefillah. That's not the issue. So what is it exactly? So the Chinuch gives the following understanding. First of all, I, I want you to understand what avadim were. Yes, to be an evid is, is, is horrible, difficult, but I want you to think a minute about the economy and the people who had avadim. We toss our clothing into a washing machine dryer. We take a car to, to run errands. We, um, we plow a field with a tractor and, 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 and so on. That's life. Imagine somebody told you that every 50th year you have to give up all your appliances and, and give up. I mean, what would the quality of life look like? Um, you'd have to wash clothing by hand. You'd have to schlep stuff. I, I mean, it, it, it's very, very difficult. More than that, that's convenience. 
But if, let's say, we own fields and, and they have to be worked, we have a factory. Imagine anybody who has a factory has to tell his workers to go home and yovo. It's asking an awful lot. It's asking a lot, and it would be very difficult to do. So the Chinuch says, when everybody does it, it makes it much easier. There are certain things, when we suffer a personal difficulty, it's doubly difficult, because you always feel, why me? When it's everybody, it's everybody. And he says, he quotes, there's a famous passage, it says, a problem of a group is, is a comfort. Um, nobody, you know, no child complains especially about teething. We don't think it's special because all children teeth. It's painful, it's difficult, and so on. But it's everybody, so, so that's normal, and that's how we do it. So it appears that being part of a group and doing things as a group would seem to be the best way forward. On the other hand, Rosh Hashanah says, our Kaddish Baruch Hu is done yochid yochid. Kaddish Baruch Hu takes everyone in separately to judge. Now, this is not, there does not exist a physical cubicle where everybody marches by. What, what it means is that HaKadosh Baruch Hu looks at us, how would we be if we were not part of the group? Um, let's say, you know, you, of course I don't, put a film to a film, learn, learn, give stuck, give stuck. Okay, now imagine that you were not together with everybody. What would it look like? It's HaKadosh Baruch Hu takes every person and judges what you did. How much is the result of the group and how much is the result of who you are? The, the, um, the, that's what we're judged. We all had an example of it um, with COVID. When, when, when things were really rough, we were alone at home. Not everything we did was the way we would do it with the group. Um, some things we felt maybe even better, but many things we sort of slouched. We didn't, we didn't quite dress the way we normally dress. We didn't quite daven the way we did. We didn't quite do things the way because we were alone. There was nobody else that was, that was with us. So we do act differently. So you see from that chazal that a person is supposed to look at himself and ask himself, what is it that I am without the group. So is it appropriate or is it not appropriate? Should the person try to be part of a group and, and do like everybody? Or should a person be a yachid and do as himself? That's a question. And especially as we begin to transform into an adult, the, 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 the battle cry of teenagers has been for millennia I'm not like everybody else. Why do you want me to be like everybody else? That's, that's uh, uh, maybe not here, but, but in general, I'm talking about the, in, in other places. That's, that's, uh, so we do feel a sense of wanting to be who we are. So is that appropriate? Or, or like the Chinuch says, it's appropriate to be part of a group. Which one is right? So it, it is, it's a broad question. And like most questions, 
um, there is nuance and there are times and we need to try to understand um, what exactly is the areas that this is appropriate and the area that this is appropriate. So I would like to draw on one or two points that will help us decide on that, on that issue. The first question that we need to ask ourselves is what is our motivation? Why are we doing something? So if we are doing something because everyone else is doing it, then it does not have m quite much value. Um, because that means basically we're just a part of our environment. I remember as it was once sitting many, many years ago, I, I happened to be in Los Angeles. This was when I was still not just I was there for a few days. And in, 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 in New York, especially, people don't have Mincha Meirib together. They have Mincha for the Shkia, at the Shkia, and they wait like an hour for Meirib or whatever it is for this man. That's the common, and it's just falls like that. Out of town, it, the, the common minig is to have Mincha Meirib together, and it's a halacha like that. And that was traditional halacha, but in places like New York or big places where Minyanim are frequent and so on, it's almost unheard of to have a Mincha Meirib combination. So, I was sitting in that shul, it was Los Angeles, and behind me was sitting another visitor from New York, and when he finished Mincha and the Rav learned a Mishnah or two, they immediately started Meirev. He started saying, what is this? Meirev, they should be ashamed of themselves. So early, it's not this man. And he made all sorts of comments. I didn't say, I was just another guest, and it wasn't, and whatever, and he, was, he said, he made a whole bunch of comments about how terrible this and that. The next night, he was also sitting there, and he started Meirev as enthusiastically as everyone else. And, and I realized that he was in a certain way a product of where, where he was coming from, and as soon as he was in a different place, he was a different person. I remember in the mirror, I had a friend of mine who came from a yeshiva, after he was married, came from a yeshiva where they dabbed the extremely long Spinesteris in, in on Rosh Hashanah and Kippur. That was, a, that was the, the tzur of it. He told me himself, he said the first time he davened in yeshiva in, in the mirror, when he finished Ben Esra, he saw he was one of the last people to finish. And he was shocked at himself. He was always the type of person that finished somewhere in the middle. That was the personality he had. He said, the next day he said, he was square in the middle. He, 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 his rhythm automatically adjusted itself. So what does that tell me about the person. It tells me that what, um, that what motivates and what drives you is to be like everybody else. That is a real deficiency. And that's something that is a, a um, uh, it tells me that had you been with different type of people, you'd be like them. And, and it means that who you are is not really you. That's one side of the equation. So a person needing to be honest with themselves about who they are and what really motivates me and how would I be in situations where this is not my group is a serious test of a person's um, Yiddishkeit. What do I do when I'm in environments, I'm on a trip and there's nobody else around from? How do I act? 
there's a flip side of it. A person knows and understands. So let's imagine a person has a problem walking. They don't walk so well. And they use a stick or something to hold on to. But they think they're walking on their own. That's bad because the person's fooling himself. And, and they might make a mistake and they'll trip because they think they can walk. But imagine a person is honest with himself and says, I, I need to walk. I have a problem with some balance issues. And I'm going to need a crutch. So I'm going to use a crutch. That person is making an honest evaluation, as opposed to the person who thinks he can make it on his own, or a person who thinks he is making it on his own, even though he's having a crutch. The, this, this person is honest and knows and understands. So let's go back to the case again. Imagine a person says, I have a mitzvah of Yovel to give up all the avodim and all the fields. That's, that's an incredible sacrifice. I mean, the fields are your factories. The avodim is your manpower. Nobody could think of giving up everything they have. And the person understands because they are also people. And Kashpokho wants them to have a life of their own. And that's and no everybody has a right to his own life and to their own and, and to their own farm. So that's why I'm doing it. But it's very difficult for me because being the loser, quote unquote, who gives up his field and, and, and livelihood makes me a loser. But you know what? If I do it with everybody together, I'll have the ability to do it. So the person recognizes the deficiency. It's, to, it's a few things. Their motivation is appropriate. I want to do it because it's an obligation, it's a mitzvah, and it's a chiyah. I'm not doing it because other people are doing it. I'm doing it because I know it's the right thing to do, and I even understand what's the right thing to do. But it's a tremendous chizuk to do with other people. Um, let's say, example, sitting and learn, learning, studying. So if a person, when, when you have a group studying together, or let's say a base medrash atmosphere where a lot of people are learning kabrutzes or study hall atmosphere, a lot of people are learning, it helps. But a person needs to understand how much I'm doing it because I want to learn, and I know that at home I tend to sort of wander off, Doing it with the group is helpful. So now, I'm working on myself, I'm working on my motivation, and I am using the group as an aid. There is nothing wrong, and it's all good to use a crutch when you recognize the crutch, and you made that decision. That's a critical piece. I made a decision because I want to learn now. And I know that at home, my learning kind of drifts off. And going to a base medrash, going with a group of girls and studying together, it helps me focus. Then my motivation is not just, well, everybody's doing it, why would I want to stay home? Then the person fools themselves into thinking that. They, I once told somebody, there was a boy who wanted to go to a very big achievement at Israel. He wasn't up to it. And I was trying to convince him to go to a smaller focused place. And it's no big place. It's not, I said, let me explain to you where your problem is going to be. You walk into a, a big place like the Mir Yeshiva and there's a few thousand people sitting and learning. Even if you're not learning, you feel that you are because everybody else is learning. You fool yourself by sort of attaching yourself artificially to a group that's performing and you're not performing. So 
if you'll be in a room with 20 bachrim, and if you're not sitting and learning, it's very, very noticeable, then there'll be pressure on you to perform, and you'll be honest with yourself. You'll know that if you didn't sit in, but you walk into a big tumultuous space medrash, and, and you're sitting with your chavrusa and not learning, but you think you are. So, so you fool yourself. And it's, it's true of everything. So the behaviors we have, the appropriate behaviors, the davening, the way we carry ourselves, the tzniyas, everything, it's appropriate to use the group as a, as a, as a crutch, provided the motivation is ours, and we're conscious of the fact how helpful a group is. That's why blowing the shofar on Yevil is appropriate. It's helpful because we know we're facing a tremendous problem and we're using the group to help us. That's one area where using the group is very helpful. There's a second area, and I would like to... Um, it, it, it's a little bit of a different sense of what a group offers, and it's, it's um, very important. My Rebbe of Chaim Shmulevitz, he was the Mira Sheshiva. He was Nifter approximately 1980. Um, he was a tremendous giant of Torah. And in many ways, he was a very, he, he, his, own, his own world of learning was unusual, very individual. He was an extraordinary masmid. He could learn for two, three days in a row, literally. He, he, could, he, he was his own person in many ways. But he, 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 he pushed time and again the idea that you need to keep within the framework of the community. And, um, and uh, I, I want to say over something he said, and I, and I want to explain how it applies. He said, it says that, Lecham Abirim Achalish. Yoshua was a great person because he needed extraordinary schusim to eat the month. He wasn't together with everybody. He, he, there was Moshe Rabbeinu after he came down and there was the Cheta Egel. Moshe Rabbeinu had his own tent off in a corner someplace. Klal Yisrael was over here. Yeshua attended to Moshe Rabbeinu, was his faithful Talmud, and was with Moshe Rabbeinu together. So Chazal said, you know, for him to be able to have the man come to him, that means he was an incredible person because he wasn't part of everybody else. So Rabbeinu asked, Moshe Rabbeinu was on a much higher madrig than everybody else. Yeshua was there to learn Torah from him and to attend to him. So why isn't that enough of a schus that, that, and, and, and that, that he had to be an incredible high madrega to get the on? So Reb Chaim would say time and again, a tzibur gets a special shiata de shemaya that a yochid, an individual, doesn't. And he would, he, would, he would tell some personal things. He would say that in the Mir Yeshiva, the Mir Yeshiva was saved from the Holocaust through an incredible journey, something that made no sense how it worked. They, they ended up in Shanghai for a few years. It was an incredible journey. There were one or two Bachrim who had alternative means of getting out ways that made a lot more sense. One of them was actually probably the most Hashem Bacha in the mayor's name was Rebjerni Kapolov or Yerni Minska, and they were both killed. They, they, they were both killed by the Germans. And Abhaim said, HaKadosh Baruch Hu was giving Seat to the Klaub, to the Yeshiva. 
it didn't make a difference how big you are as an individual, but if you're part of a tzibur, then um, that's, that's, that becomes your source for Seattle Dishmaya. So Rebchaim would stress it, and the point that he stressed most often, he would say sometimes a bacher, in, in a legitimate quest for more ruchnius, better learning, does things that are unusual, extraordinary. He separates himself from the cloud. He goes off in a corner to learn because it's quiet, unless it's track, he does this and that. Rebchaim would say, unless you're sure that you have extraordinary schusim like Yeshua, don't do it, because it doesn't work that way. And he would stress many times, so even though he himself, interestingly enough, was unusual, he was a yachid, but he stressed us extremely important. Let's give some applications to it. And one of the things that COVID produced was shuls unfortunately dissolved, people dumb on their own. Some people, the davening really, really took a severe hit. Many people. Some people feel they daven better. And now I'd like to daven my own, my, my own thing. I would like to daven myself because I daven a lot more kavana. It's, it's, it's a dangerous undertaking because HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave a promise to Klal Yisrael that Klal Yisrael will not forget Torah, that Kalisol's Ruchnius will continue. If we separate ourselves out, even if for so-called good reasons, we don't have those assurances anymore, and we drift off. There was a story um, with Rav Rudiman, and I think it's worth following up. I, I don't know what the time frame is. Uh, what? What? Okay. Um, in, in Europe, in yeshivas, in Europe, in, in the pre-war, pre-World War II, there was a lot of, there was a lot of tension between different movements, Haskalah, communism, socialism. It, it was an ideological battle for the soul of Bachman yeshivas. Rev Rudiman was a genius, and he learned a Slabotka yeshiva. The Rashiva Slabotka was, you know, the head of it was the Alta Slabotka, and he was closer to Rudman. He kept an eye on him and was very, very him. Rev Rudman was walking with, uh, with, Rav, with the Alta, and um, and he um, and he told the Alta Sabatka they would take a walk along the riverbank, and he said, "You know, yeshivas have a way of sort of dragging down bachrim. You have stronger bachrim, weaker bachrim, such bachrim." Somebody is making a special kolo for 10 of the brightest, best bachrim, and that's where I want to go. Alda told him, why go to the bother? Jump into the river now and commit suicide. Why do you want to go there? He was shocked. And he, he didn't. He stayed in Slabatka. 30, 40 years later, he was sitting in Baltimore on a Shabbos afternoon, and one of his family members came in, or Talmud came in, and he saw that he was pale as a ghost. And he asked him, what happened? He said, one of those Bachrim who had gone to that place had just visited me. He drove in with a car and drove out with a car. And I realized what the al meant. A community, a Torah community, 
carries in itself um, a seyata deshmaya. So it means practically a few things. When people decide to be to, where they're going, what they're doing, being part of a community with Torah values is extremely important. Being together. When people ask, Should I, can I do this? It's more from than everybody else. If it's unusual enough that it sets you apart, then you really, really, really need to ask yourself, is it right? It's something that's usually a, possibly a short-term victory of some sort and certainly a long-term loss. Understanding that a tzibur has a siyatadish maya, a tzibur gets something, and that's why having a school, a makam, a Torah school, is invaluable. It's not just having a, a, a school of this type in a place. It's not just that each and every one of you, as an individual, is getting a wonderful Torah education. It creates an environment of a Torah society. We're Benos Yisrael, we're Benos Torah, we are part of something. When Sarah Shnira started the Beisakov movement, it wasn't the teaching, it was the sense of being together as Benos Yisrael. We are a tzibur. Creating a Torah tzibur is critical for every yachet getting their own. So, and as life goes on and every person and every person um, moves on, the, the, the being part of a tzibur, being part of a tzibur of Nei Torah, and and, and and being part of it means not just living there. It means acting as a group. These are the these are the minhagim, and even if I in particularly see differently, but tachlis, it's something that is the siyater shmaya, and the shefa comes from being part of tzibur. So every person, when they are developing and thinking about themselves, their ruchnis development has to be personal. I need to know why I am doing it, and I'm doing it because I know it's the right thing, and not because of the tzibur. And I also need to understand that being part of the tzibur is an invaluable it. It's something that helps in difficult moments, and it brings a sort of a seater shmaya that no yachid as alone possesses. Bez Hashem, each and every one of you should develop individually that what you're doing right and what you're doing good should come from inside yourself, not just because you want to belong. And part of that desire to what's good and right is understanding how important it is to contribute to a, to a, to a Torah society and be part of a Torah society. Bez Hashem, a lot of us love